Well, I mentioned today we're going to be talking about slopping the hogs. And uh, anybody ever raised pigs? Anybody ever raised pigs? Okay, good. I can tell you anything and you'll go for it. Okay. But I did look up something about slopping hogs. Uh, by the way, this is my, my pig slopping bucket. Okay. And uh, it says, uh, just, just a little article here. It says, uh, rural people raised hogs for consumption rather than for sale. Family size determined the number, but two or three was common. The hog pen ordinarily lay in an easy walking and smelling distance from the house. Hogs didn't get the store-bought feed due to its cost, and the fact that they'd eat anything uh, is, 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 is why they had it. When a chicken died of natural causes, it quickly disappeared, feathers and all, with, uh, and and it was tossed into the hog pen. The bulk of their diet consisted of what was called slop. Now, they had a bucket. It was called a slop bucket. Okay? So that's why we have that. And one would fill this bucket up. It, uh, it accumulated. There was usually a, a slop bucket in the back in a, in a metal container kept alongside the cook stove as a repository for scraps, peels, corn cobs, and ruined food. Anyone who approached too closely was rewarded with the sour stench. Flies rose with a buzz whenever an addition was made to the mixture, but returned almost immediately to continue their frenzy. Uh, uh, pigs uh, uh, would, uh, would, would eat this. Um, nothing was wasted thanks to the primitive version of recycling. Garbage was turned into pork. The animals uh, both saw and smelled the person who was bringing the slop, and they would carry this in the bucket, and usually full, and they would have to carry it like you know out, out to the pigs, and they would throw it in the pig's trough, and the pigs would eat it. Now remember, it's got all sorts of stuff in it. It smells, and the pigs enjoyed it. They would they would uh, uh, they would. Uh, hear them coming, and then they would go into a frenzy. Nothing was wasted. Garbage was turned into pork. The animals both saw and smelled him coming. With excited, hungry grunts, they rushed, would rush eagerly to a wooden trough where the feeding trough was in anticipation of a delicious feast. At least they thought it was delicious. Okay? In many cases, when they'd have several hogs or pigs, they would have to kind of separate them because... When the pigs would start eating, they would get ruthless, and they would bite each other and fight each other to get to the trough and to eat the food that was in there, to eat the slop. Okay? Um, uh, and, uh, of course, the person that was feeding them would have to make certain that uh, there was equal amounts in each container. With greedy, smacking, slurping, the hogs quickly would devour the foul-smelling fare their twisted tails twitching in enjoyment. Okay, when uh, the hogs finished, uh, they would they would uh, push each other out of the way, and the prof would be gone, and the grunts and squeals and bites would erupt once again. When the feeding was completed, friction subsided. The hogs again were best buddies, returned to root and to coat themselves with the thick black mud of their enclosure. 
Bare ground showed how thoroughly they consumed every scrap of vegetation in the pen. Those were pigs. Now, I had another part of this, and it compared the, the pigs and feeding of the pigs to uh, our government leaders, and I just decided I wasn't going to read that. Okay. The pigs, filthy animals. Now, let me put in here, I thank God for grace because grace allows us to eat bacon, and I love bacon. Mm-hmm. I love ham sandwiches. Uh, you know, I love uh, pulled pork uh, sandwiches and all those. And if anybody wants to bring some pulled pork next Sunday, you know, we'll have that. But in the Bible, um, pigs were called unclean animals, and I can understand why they're unclean animals. And Jews were forbidden to raise pigs. They were forbidden to have anything to do with pigs. As a matter of fact, if they even touched a pig, they would have to go and they would have to clean themselves. They'd have to change their clothes, do bathe, get all cleaned up, and then offer a sacrifice because they had touched an unclean animal, the pig. Okay? The pig has many times been associated with sin because of the fact that pigs will eat anything and it's slopping the pigs, it has a lot to do with sin because humans will have a tendency to get into any kind of sin there is out there. And it's like slopping the hogs. Now, with that in mind, we're going to look at the, le- at the message that I have this morning, and it has to do with pigs. Some of it does anyway. Heavenly Father, we come to you and we do ask you to bless this few moments that we have left in the service. Heavenly Father, as we read your scriptures, Heavenly Father, I ask that you open up our hearts and our minds. Help me, Heavenly Father, to be filled with your spirit. Help me to say the things that will enhance and encourage. Help me, Heavenly Father, not to say anything that will be offensive. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary and help me to be a blessing this morning to these people. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn in your Bibles, please, to the book of Luke. Now, I know it's in here because I just read it this morning. There it is. Okay. Now, in chapter number 15, and that's where we're going to go, in chapter number 15, we see an account where Jesus is talking to the people. He's, he's preaching to the people, and he gives three examples of God's love. The first example that he gives is a, a, a shepherd that has a hundred sheep, and one of them gets lost. And uh, the shepherd will leave the ninety and nine sheep in the fold, and he will go out in the wilderness and he will search for that one little lamb. And once he finds that one little lamb, he'll take it up and take it into his bosom and take it back and tell everybody else, let's rejoice because I found that one little lamb. The second illustration that Jesus gives is a woman who had ten pieces of, uh, uh, of gold or uh, coins, and she lost one of them. And so she stopped what she was doing and she started cleaning her house. She got a candle out, lit the candle, got the broom out, and started sweeping up, trying to find 
that one piece of coin, and she would keep it up until she would find it. And then she would call all of her neighbors and, and, and say, hey, let's rejoice because I found that one coin. And then he gets a little bit more personal, and that's the one we're going to look at this morning. And it's in, in verse number 11, is where we're going to start it. And, G, and, and, and he, that's Jesus, and he said, a certain man had two sons. So he's going to be talking about a family. And in this family, there are three characters that we're going to look at. We're going to look at the younger son, the elder son, and the father. Okay, we're going to look at, at those three and, and how they play in this. But what we're going to see in this is we're going to see a, a riotous sinner, a jealous brother, a penitent sinner, a father's love, and a pardon from sin. Okay, that's what we're going to see. First one we're going to look at is we're going to look at the younger son. So we had these, we had these, these, two, these two sons, and it says, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he, did, and he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Now, we're not told exactly what he did, but it says riotous living, and he wasted whatever that inheritance that he got from his father, he wasted it, okay? Later on, we're going to see what his brother thinks about it, but he, he, he did that. Um, when he had spent all, verse number 14, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Well, naturally, he'd be in want because he spent it all, got rid of it all. So now he's in want. He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. See where the pigs come in? Now, get this picture. This is a Jewish boy, very selfish, goes to his father and says, give me what's coming to me. And the father did something he shouldn't have done. He shouldn't have given him his, his things, but he did. He gave him what his portion of the, of the uh, inheritance would be. And once he got that, he says, I'm going to go off into the world, and I'm just going to, I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to party. I want to, I, want to, I want to have pleasure. I want to have a good time. And so he left, and he went off into the country, and it says that he had a riotous living. He spent it all. He spent every bit of it. And when the famine come, he had nothing, and the only thing that he could do, he could either go home or he could go to somebody in that land, but he didn't want to go home, so he went and got a job with a guy that was raising hogs. And he was sent into the field to feed the hogs, the swine. Can you imagine a Jewish boy who knew better than to, to mess with pigs, who knew that that was against God's, you know, God's uh, teaching and God's laws, and now what's he doing? He's out there slopping the hogs. Okay, that's what he's doing. He's slopping the hogs. Verse number 16, it says, And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. In other words, he was so hungry and so destitute, and he's feeding it. He went out there with a bugger of slop, whatever it was, and he threw it in the pig pen like that, and he's watching these pigs go, and he says, wow, man, I'm hungry. Man, I wish I could get in there and get some of that. 
I don't know. I don't think I could ever get that hungry. But he was. And nobody would help him. And when he came to himself, he'd gone down so far. When he came to himself, when he realized where he was, one day he's sitting down, he'd been going and he'd been feeding the hogs, desiring to eat their food. He's not getting anywhere. He's away from home. He's away from his father. He's away from his brother. He's away from everything that he knows. It finally dawns on him, man, I am in a pitiful position. He came to himself and said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before thee I am no more worthy to be called thy son, and make me as one of thy hired servants. And so we see the condition of this son. You know, he's rebellious, he's riotous in his living. Uh, he hits rock bottom. He finally comes to himself and says, hey, you know, my uh, the servants at home are doing better than I'm doing. Maybe I'll go home and I'll, I'll tell my father I'd forgive him. Now, we're not going to go into all the sins that he could have been committing. We're not going to talk about that. Aren't you glad? We're not going to talk about that. We're just going to, you know, we're going to look at the situation here. I want us to, to skip down, and we're, and we're going to come back to it, though. Um, I want us to look at the second son for just a moment. Okay? The, the second son. Okay? Um, it says in verse number 25, Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh unto the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. So here's the, younger, here's the younger son. He goes out and, you know, he does his thing. He lives riotously, spends his inheritance, winds up feeding the hogs. But he finally realized what he, where he was and what he was doing and realized he needed to go home. And so he went home. And when he was coming home, his father took him in. And we'll see what, what happens with that in, in a few minutes. But his father took him in and they were having a party because his son came home. The second son, the elder son, he was morally straight. He was a hard worker because he was out in the field. Okay, we, we know that. He was a hard worker. He was an obedient son. He'd been with him, you know, with the father. He'd done what he was supposed to. But he was also proud. And notice what it says is that he was angry. And he wouldn't go in. So, you know, can, can you get the picture with this guy? Yeah, he's been working all day out in the field, and he's tired, okay, and he's been with his father, he's been doing things, and he comes home, and he hears a party going on, and he says, well, what's going on? I've been out in the field working all day, what's happening? And the, and the servant says, well, hey, your younger brother, your younger brother came home today, 
and your dad's throwing a party for him. And he was angry, and he was so mad, he didn't even want to go in, into the party. Can you see that? He's throwing a fit. He's pouting. No, <laughs> throwing a party for my brother after what he did. I'm not even going to go in. I'm not going to waste my time going in. Okay. Envious spirit, and it's a great sin. Sometimes, with that one, you know, the other one, we don't know exactly what he did. Well, the brother does. The brother says he wasted his inheritance on harlots. And there was probably drinking going on and all sorts of partying going on. And we say, oh, what a horrible sin that was. But his brother, he's got one too. Because what he's doing is he's dissatisfied with what his father has done. Okay? And he's questioning the wisdom and justice of what his father has done. Okay? Not only that, is he's like a Pharisee. He's more concerned about his brother's sin than the fact that his brother got right and came home. Now these are all pictures of, of a relationship between the Heavenly Father and us. The younger son was typical. He was out in sin. He was away from home. He was away from the Father. Without Jesus Christ, we're like that younger son. And we're out of the way. We're living in sin. We have it all around us. Now, they may not be some violent ones. I mean, we may not be doing drugs. We may not be doing alcohol. We may not be running around with harlots. We may not be committing adultery. But without Jesus Christ... We're still in sin, and we're thumbing our nose at God. We're slopping the hogs. And we're taking in all that the world has to give us. And the world has a lot of hog slop out there. Wouldn't you agree with me? There's a lot of it out there. And we're taking it in. Well, we don't want the spiritual things. We want the hog slop. No, I don't, you know, I, you know, I don't want the spiritual things. I don't want to be praying, and I don't want to be reading my Bible, and I don't want to be singing hymns. I don't want to be going to church. I don't want to be doing good things for folks. I don't want to do that. I want the hog slop. As Christians, sometimes we see those folks and we say, yeah, look what they've done. God's got something for them. God, God's blessed them, and God's watched over them, and God's provided them with all sorts of things, and they're just ignoring Him, and I'm just not going to have anything to do with it, because if that's the way it's going to happen, I just, don't, I just don't want any part of it. Rather than rejoicing in the fact when they see somebody that's been like that. In the Bible, you know, uh, Paul, when he's talking to the Corinthians, he says some of you were adulterers, some of you were fornicators, some of you were haters, and some of you were this, and some of you were that. But now you're not. You're washed. You're cleansed. You're holy. You're pure. You're walking with God. And instead of rejoicing with those, we look at the sinner only and what he's doing. Wow, to be the elder son. But we're not going to talk about the elder son. Aren't you glad about that? We're not going to talk about him. We're going to talk about the father because he's the third one. Notice what happened when the younger one arose. He says he arose 
and he came to his father. Verse number 20. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Wow. His younger son had come to him and said, Dad, I don't think I'm being treated fairly here. I want what's coming to me. And Dad says, okay, well, here's your portion. And it wasn't long until he got his portion that he left. I'm sure that that probably saddened the father's heart. My son has left. He, t- he took his things and he left. And he probably heard word of some of the things that this young man was doing, some of the sins that he had gotten into, and some of the lifestyle that he was living. And it probably broke his heart. He still had his other son, and his other son was obedient. His other son was there. He was with him all the time, and he was doing his work. But his heart went out to that son that was living in sin. Some of you may have a child or a grandchild that your heart goes out to them because they like the hog slop. They're out in the world, and they're living in sin, and they're away from God. They're not living for God. They don't know God. They're not born again, and your heart goes out to them. And I would imagine that while the father's doing his work one day, he looks up, and off in the distance, he sees a figure coming. I wonder who that could be. And he waits and he looks. He says, oh, 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 I know who that is. That's my son. He's coming home. Oh, he's coming home. And it says that when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and he ran, and he fell on his neck, and he began to kiss him. He ran up and threw his arms around this son that's coming back all ragged and worn and dejected, and, and you just probably just dragging his feet, and he threw his arms around him, and he hugged him, and he kissed him, and he welcomed him in. He welcomed him home. He told us, he told us hey, he said, uh, as the boy was saying, Hey, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. I'm no more worthy to be called your son. But the father, in verse number 22, said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. He needs to have a change of clothes. Bring some shoes and put some shoes on him. And here's a ring. Put some rings on him. And hey, get that fatted calf and get it butchered and get it on the spit and get it going. We're going to have a party because my son, who was dead, is now alive. He's been brought back to me. And there was joy and rejoicing in the house. When the elder son saw all those things, he was angry. The father went out to him and he said, what's, what's, what's wrong? We're having a party. And he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandments, and yet thou gavest me, you didn't give me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. And as soon as this thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with harlots, hast thou killed for him the fatted calf. And the father said to that son also, he said, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should be merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Now listen, the whole thing was given as a picture of God's love for you and me. 
The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, we, we see that God, the Scripture says, He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And my friend, if you're here tonight, or you're here on the, on, the, on the computer, and you're hearing this message, and you've never, never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're still slopping the hogs. You're still living in sin. But the Father longs, to have us return. The Father longs to have the fellowship with us. He sent Jesus Christ to come and to die on the cross of Calvary and to shed His blood and to suffer all that He suffered so that you and I could have fellowship with the Father once again. He so loved the world He gave His only begotten Son. He so loved us that He provided a way for forgiveness. And when the prodigal son, when the disobedient son or the disobedient daughter who's living in sin finally comes to themselves and realizes the predicament that they're in is wasting their life and they finally realize that, they, they, that they're sinners and they're, they deserve a sinner's hell and they finally come, the father has a great eyesight. The father sees them from far off and when they finally make that commitment says, I will go back. I will admit that I'm a sinner. I will ask for forgiveness from my father. The father says, Woohoo! They're coming home. The angels up in heaven are looking and they're watching. And every sinner that turns and gets right with God and comes to Jesus Christ for salvation, the angels say, Oh, look, look, hey, hey, that one, he's gonna, they're gonna get saved. Yeah, oh man, look at all the sin they've been into, but it's all over with. Jesus died for that. Our master died for that. Look, look, they're about to, oh, look, oh, they got saved. They're now part of the family again. There's rejoicing in heaven for every soul that is saved, for every, everyone. And, and, as, and as Christians, as Christians, sometimes we can get away from God. We can grow cold. Because listen, sometimes the slop that the pigs eat can be appealing. Ooh. And sometimes the devil comes along and says, hey, hey, you know, you're missing out on some really good stuff here. Look at all this slop. You can have part of it. And sometimes as a believer, we'll get into that. And we'll start doing the things that the world does. And we'll get away from God. It happens. It happens in Bible, school, uh, Bible schools. Christian schools, it happens in churches. It happens. Sometimes we, get, we feed too much on the television and on the computers and we feed what the world is feeding and we feed on that and all it is is pig slop most of the time and we get to, and we get to, and we like, hey, well, yeah, this is pretty good. I like the, yeah, that, that, yeah, okay. And we get away from God. But let me tell you something. The Father is watching and He's waiting and He's longing for us to get to that point in our lives where we say, hey, wait a minute. I've been eating the slop. My, my father has better things for me. I'm going, to go, I'm going to get right with God. And when that happens, what happens? The heavenly father is there to receive them. Praise God they've come home. Let's kill the fatted calf. Let's give them new raiment. Let's put the rings on their finger. Let's put shoes on their feet. Let's, let's do something for them. And God forgives them. The Bible tells us if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible tells us that He takes our sin 
when we confess it and he puts it in a bag and throws it in the depths of the sea, 38,000 feet down, never to be remembered again. The Bible tells us that he takes, when we come to God and we ask for forgiveness, that he separates us from our sins as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. You and I can remember it, but God doesn't. Praise God, and he's waiting. And today, there may be some of us here in this auditorium, you've gotten away from God. You say, well, I'm, I'm a church today. Yeah, the outward part, but you've gotten away from God. And there may be some things on your heart that you're doing that you know you shouldn't be doing. Maybe that close fellowship that you once had with God isn't there anymore. Maybe the prayers are no longer there and the reading of the scriptures are no longer there and you no longer let God speak to your heart and the fellowship with God's people is just now and again. And maybe, you know, maybe things have crept into your language and things have crept into your life. It's all hog slop. Today would be a good day for you to come to yourself and say, hey, God's got better things for me than this. I want to get back in tune with my Lord. I want to have that close fellowship with God. I want to be able to hear his voice in reading the scriptures. And I I want to have that day-to-day fellowship with him. And he's waiting. His eyesight is not dim that he can't see. He's waiting for you to come to him. And he's waiting with open arms. He's waiting for you if you're the elder brother who's looking down on people, he's waiting for you to recognize when a sinner gets right with God, it's a time for rejoicing, not a time for envying, not a time for pointing the finger, but a time for rejoicing. He's waiting. He's waiting. Is he waiting for you? Let's pray. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Book of Mark says this, Jesus was saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. In Luke, the 13th chapter, Jesus said, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. In John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 1 Peter 2 First uh, Peter 1.9, it says that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It applies to us today. Don't keep slopping the hogs. If you can't say 100% that you know that you're going to go to heaven when you die, then you need to come and let somebody show you in God's Word how to be saved and how to know that you're saved. If you're a Christian and you're slopping with the hogs and you got stuff in your life that shouldn't be there, today's the day you need to come and get things right and come back to Him. So whatever your need is, as we, as we pray and as we sing, let's get some things right with God. Stand with me, please. Invitation's being played.